guys, and welcome back to another episode of The Torrent, a podcast giving you discussions on music, movies, TV, and video games. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm joined, as always, by Alan and Matt. Guys, how's it going? It's going pretty well. I uh, just saw Phantom over the weekend, Phantom of the Opera on Broadway. It was, wow. It was wow. sick. Yeah the, yeah, the the whole musical episode we had got me on a little kick, and I had to see it, so... Are you a fan of the uh, the story and the whole the whole thing? Like, did you see that Gerard Butler movie and everything? Yeah, I saw the movie and I fell in love with it and thought it was super sweet. So I was really excited to see it on Broadway and definitely didn't disappoint. So nice, cool. nice. Matt, how was uh, how was your your weekend? Matt? Oh man, so good, so good. Yeah. I just got back from being out in DC. You're running at about a. 1.5 BAC right now. Dude, I, I don't even know how this is possible. You know what it is? It's because it's like 85 degrees and humid out. So anything oh. you drink goes straight to the system. So I had... How that works? Well, yeah. To the heat. Right now, I, absolutely. That's how it works. The humidity, the humidity yeah. I guess it is it too. really, really humid right now? It is, yeah. We've been having... Oh. So all of last week, it's been raining nonstop, and we've been having storms every night. It's okay. been so humid and so hot. It's been really, actually, really cool. Yeah. Dude, we had um, four tornadoes touch down in Connecticut the other day. Wow. Yeah. Okay. We had a well, I don't know if we had any touchdown, but we had like warnings and stuff. So it mm. must be it must it has it been humid there for you guys? Yeah. It's been pretty close to perfect here for the past week. It's been like, like low seventies and sunny wow. and That's it's been nice. nice. Cool. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. I feel like it's been similar similarly heat wise everywhere. So Yeah. So yeah, I'm doing great, Nick. Thanks for that. <laughs> Weather's great right now. Weather's great. Love it. it. Did you guys go to uh, our favorite uh, local spot in DC? Right proper. Oh my gosh! Shout out to right proper. We did. Shout out to right proper. Yeah, Yeah, we actually did, and it's wonderful. Even when you don't eat, which obviously you should eat because it's got the best food ever. Yeah, yeah. But even when you don't eat, it's just such a fun area. We were like just like met a bunch of people and talking to everyone. It was just so fun. Yeah. When you guys come up this summer, we'll go. So definitely, it's a staple now. Every time we come visit, for sure. And that area has so many. Like I'm learning all the. All right, it's fine. It's fine. Cool. Nice. Yeah. It's great. It's been great. All right, guys. Let's jump into the weekly download here. This week's weekly download is brought to you by Circling the Wagons podcast. Are you a fan of local uh, Western New York sports? Talking Buffalo Sabres, Buffalo Bills, then you guys should listen to Circling the Wagons podcast. Found wherever podcasts are found, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, YouTube. Nate from the Circling the Wagons podcast had me on this past episode, and uh, we had a really good time. We talked about uh, State of the Bills. We talked about some music. We talked about some movies. We covered it all, so definitely check out their their podcast. And thank yeah, you, you to those guys for having me on. Wow. Yeah, if you if you love Nick's you know beautiful soothing voice and you oh, want to get more of it outside of this podcast alone, check it out. <laughs> I mean, for that literal reason, I'm going to be checking it out. So. <laughs> Me too, actually, yeah, for sure. Wow. Uh, you know what I realized about my voice is <clears throat> being from that uh, upstate or western New York area is that I have a naturally very nasally voice, and it bothers me to no end. I hate my voice. But no, dude, your voice is beautiful, man. Don't, no, look, no, don't yeah, look at that's it. interesting because I feel like I personally have a nasally, nasally voice, and yeah. I feel like you don't at all. Oh, really? Hmm. Maybe that's a western New York thing, thinking that you yourself have a nasally voice and yeah. no one else does. So <laughs> That's interesting. All right, all right, guys. Uh, first topic for today. Speaking of voices. Speaking of voices. So Laurel or Yanny? It's taken the internet by storm this past week. Uh, what did you guys hear? I mean, it's clearly Yanny. Alan, can you 
Can you in the in the the way that you hear that word? Can you just like say it the way you hear it? Re- like the way, way you hear it pronounce it? Yeah, Yanny. I just said it. You. It's like so. It repeats. So it's like Yanny, Yanny. You hear that? Those yes. Are the words. You Literally, hear? just what you what you just said is what I hear. It's I so do exact. not understand. You don't. So you hear Laurel, Matt. I definitely hear Laurel. Okay. Here's my experience with it. So the very first time I heard it, it was on my phone speaker it was like through the external speaker here i heard yanny and i couldn't hear anything else okay then okay. i was driving to work and i heard it they they were talking about it on the radio and when they played it through the radio i heard laurel so i've heard both so i think it depends on where like what device you play it out of or what sound clip you're actually using because okay. i've heard both um <laughs> And I did some research on it, and there's been some scientific studies already on it. Or actually, I think a psychology professor created this experiment about how your like brain processes sound. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess Yanny is at a higher frequency. So if you hear Yanny, you have younger ears, so your ears are probably more healthy. And if you hear Laurel, that means... Uh, you're probably you're you have like more mature ears. So, that, dude, my mom is like 69 years old. Yeah, and she heard Yanny. Really? That's she not. She got great smart. ears, man. Jeez. Yeah, man. I think I you're gonna go deaf before the rest of us. So that sucks. I disagree with that. They, they <laughs> do say scientists are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> the scientists are wrong. Yeah, for sure. They do say. Yeah, they do say if you um if you're ever talking to like an uh, older person, and uh, they're hard of hearing. You should lower your voice, like the register of your voice, as opposed to just speaking louder, because it's easier for them to hear. So there's some validity to that. Wow, is that that's real? Yeah, because um, wow. uh, they have a hard harder time understanding women because they have naturally higher voices. <laughs> it, I wonder if that holds up in uh, if you have hearing aids, if it's the same way or not, or uh, if that changes things. I don't know. I think if you think if you have hearing aids, it, it corrects it, so you can just speak, so anybody can speak. Yeah, it picks up all those frequencies you know all those pitches that's very interesting so the 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 blue dress everyone's comparing this to the blue dress uh white dress thing yeah and that to me was less or no i liked that i thought that whole debate was very cool but it was just like oh yeah like your eyes just pick up yeah you know different different, colors like it reflects differently to your retinas or whatever Mm -hmm. i i would understand that why this is the same situation but for some reason hearing it in my in like like we played it and my mom said it as she heard it and i was just like i just i just don't i just don't understand yeah <laughs> for some reason this is more incredulous to me than the white dress uh blue dress thing. and i like it <laughs> so. it's definitely provoked provoked more like harsher responses like people are like you're out the of backlash. your mind if you hear yeah there's a lot of <laughs> yeah. a lot of backlash for sure <laughs> yeah okay all right, next. So last episode we talked, <laughs> we uh, we were talking about the Robin Hood trailer. We had some uh, some facts that we were like, eh, we're not sure about this. So we'll get back to you. Uh, <laughs> so, so we figured we'd follow okay. up with those. Um, first, Matt brought up uh, they had like a beer bottle in the Robin Hood trailer or whatever. He's like, this was a modern day beer bottle doing that. Um, I looked it up. Glass blowing dates back to 3500 BC. So it's incre- It's it's possible that they had something shaped like a bottle back then in medieval times or whatever. Okay. The fact that that exists, the fact that they were glass blowing in 3500 BC is yeah. insane. I know. But the modern, oh, okay. So I guess it, I guess that's not, that's not out of the realm of possibility because the beer bottle is not an intricate shape, but 
Right. But I, I right. went back and watched it and paused the video, and it definitely looks like a beer bottle. It literally looks like you took a Heineken bottle and like, like peeled off like the yeah. label. Like this? Like, like, there you like go. This? Yeah. Yeah, I did. right? Okay. So more, I, I think it's wider a little bit, but still. Yeah. But I did a little research, and actually, because the color of it was like a really uh, like lime forest green. Oh, yeah, I guess. Like it's like Heineken. Yeah. Yeah, and that threw me off. But I, I guess apparently in like twelve hundred, uh, in the twelve hundreds, which is when Robin Hood was like thought to take place in real mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. Uh, they were using um, what was called forest glass, which had a certain composition of like limestone and sand or whatever that actually created that sort of green color. Oh, and cool! So, like, the color was pretty accurate. Yeah, but it definitely had ridges as if it were like it had a cap pressed onto it or something like that. Oh, okay. Maybe it was like some bougie, you know, like yeah. Uh, he stole it from the rich and threw it back at him or something, oh, and they had maybe, you know the, yeah, the cat glasses foot. Okay. Like we'll have to see if there's like a seam on it where you can see that it was like welded shut yeah. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like a Heineken cap. Like, all right, hold on a second. All right, here. wait, wait, wait. Yeah. He takes a bottle opener. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a modern day like can opener with the bottle opener. I'm like, all right, this is ridiculous. No, he puts an electronic can opener. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like made in China on the side. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, next, a small one, but uh, an errata is a correction to a public text. I think I had brought mentioned that. Like, there's a term for adding. Yeah, you couldn't person. figure out what it was. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, so, fun fact. Oh, yeah. I okay. I didn't know that. And then, of course, last episode we had our Avengers: Infinity War spoiler review, and we had our Marvel hero draft. So we figured we'd give you the results of that. We ran the simulation. Uh, it was through SuperheroDB.com. Uh, we did like a team battle, and uh, yeah, guys, uh, I didn't I didn't do so hot on that one. I uh, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking there. So congratulations to Alan who won it uh, on the three v three. Um, we had picked uh, three characters each with a flex pick, and there was it was hotly debated whether we should do a three v three or four v four battle. Um, so we ran both, and uh, so Alan won the three v three battle, and Matt ended up winning the four v four with a clutch pick of Mantis. Put him over the was, top. Was a last minute pick. You yeah, know, Hail Mary there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So very cool. Congratulations to both of you. Um, I'm yeah. that's probably my worst draft I think we've had on the show <laughs> so far. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I don't know. That Rocket League one was rough. That's <laughs> true. Do you remember the Rocket League one where like Alan was just whooping both of us, and then I hit my Balmer peak of drunkenness and whooped Alan one game, yes. and then the next game lost horribly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, uh, we should do that tonight again. Anyway, <laughs> for sure. Um, all right, next story. <clears throat> Actually, get into some actual news stories here. Yeah. Um, Battlefront 2 uh, has been a st- uh, point of conversation the entire for the entirety of the Torrent podcast. Um, it has gotten yet another big update. Uh, I think this is officially the solo a Star Wars story season one. Um, they've given this a major overhaul. Faster loading screens, new skins, new heroes versus villains mode. Ewok Hunt is now a permanent game mode. There's a new map. Uh, you can play Starfighter in arcade mode. They fixed a bunch of gl- glitches. Um, they put the experience under your health bar now so you can see where in your progression you actually are. You kind of see the map before joining games similar to a Battlefield game, and they've added even more challenges. Um, any thoughts on this, guys? I, I'm so happy they're doing this because, honestly, I've been a little bored with this game lately. Mm-hmm. It's been hard for me to get into. A, I just I, I don't know. I feel like 
ever since they added those skill-based things, I will fight against people that have all purples. And I just want to be like, seriously, it's in- it's insane. So yeah. I really like all the stuff they're adding. Ewok Hunt sounds so fun. Yeah. And I haven't played it yet, but I'm very excited to play it. So For sure. I think all the things they're adding, especially faster load screens, because we can all agree they were insane. Oh, yeah. Before. Yep. Maybe like a minute and a half. To all two the minutes. dice games. Dice historically has had crazy load times on their on their stuff. Yeah. So I I support all these. Yeah, Alan, you, you hate this game. Tell us more why. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> I'm still on my you know F Battlefront two uh, pedestal that I will yeah, continue they, to stand they, on and continue to stack up. Yeah, yeah, they negated everything that you hated about it, right? They Don't did. <sighs> I mean, yeah, but it's like okay if. Uh, I don't want to make any like terrible analogies, but like if you know somebody did something crappy and then they tried to like make it better, like they still did something crappy, and it's right. still like it's still blood on their 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 right their, okay. their shirt or whatever. It's yeah. like you can't yeah. wash it off completely, but yeah. this is cool. The fact that they're still releasing content, and they're updating the game, and they're adding these new things and trying for to free. fix old glitches and complete yeah for free for free is for awesome. Free. Like props to them for doing that because that is what game developers should do. So yeah, yep. All right, I agree with you. I agree with you. But still, you know, screw EA. (laughs) (laughs) Let that be clear. (laughs) The record show, Alan is sort of okay with it, but he still hates EA. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Next, Call of Duty Black Ops 4 was revealed to the world this week uh, in a huge uh, press conference, news conference. Um, They showed the new multiplayer trailer. They showed, uh, they listed out a ton of new features for this new game. It looks like to me they, well, actually it was released that they took the single player campaign completely out of the game. It is a multiplayer only experience. They pretty much took all the thrusters and the the wall jumping out of the game from Call of Duty Black Ops 3. It's now just a regular boots on the ground type of game, but it looks to be almost exactly the same in my opinion. There's still It's still kind of class-based shooter. Like I said, they just took out the wall jumping and the jetpacks and all that. They've also added a Battle Royale mode. It is confirmed it's going to be a 100-person Battle Royale mode a la Fortnite. Um, Call of Duty style. Yep. Um, They boasted some adaptive recoil on the guns, so you can actually learn to control your guns uh, based on the the weapon recoil, similar to like a Counter-Strike or something. I I guess this is a popular thing in Counter-Strike of learning the the recoil of the gun. Um, They were boasting that for some reason. Mm -hmm. Um, They released a a multiplayer trailer. I wasn't too impressed with this game. From the looks of this game anyway, I guess we'll see going forward, but it just looked like another Call of Duty game with a battle royale mode. That's that's all it looked like to me. What do you guys think? I um I I agree with you. I like the whole boots on the ground thing. Um I know there's like one knee slide move, but that doesn't that's yep. not a big deal to me. Yep. Um the whole specialist uh, like ability based kind of thing is cool because they've reduced the number of lethal moves. Did you know mm-hmm. that? Yeah. So like the what's his name? The guy who would jump up with the two things and slam down. Anyway, yeah. Regardless, those lethal things they're reducing. That's cool. It's more skill based. They increased the health and increased the damage, so headshots will mean more. I, I think all that stuff is cool. I support it. I support it as much as I support any Call of Duty game, which is like, yeah, it's probably gonna be a fine game. I probably won't buy it for for full price, I'll wait for it to be forty dollars or whatever. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, I think it's gonna be cool. I'm interested to see battle royale mode because I just think Call of Duty is so fun and satisfying to play, and the the um, the viewing and the sensitivity and everything is great. I think that's like my my best FPS. Sure. So I'm, I'm yeah, excited to so try too. that in a in a battle royale. What do mm-hmm. you think, Alan? 
Yeah, no, I agree with you on all that. I mean, like you said, you're not going to expect much out of it. It's not a new release. It's not a new IP or anything like that. But it's right. yeah. they're going to try the battle royale. And it's going to be kind of cool. And it'll be neat to see how it unravels. So yeah. yeah. Now they're taking the single player out, like I said before. So do you think it should be a sixty dollar game? Um, do you think if they have a chance to compete against Fortnite and get some of the Fortnite audience that? Uh, they're going to do so by charging $60 for just multiplayer only. Do you think maybe they should have the battle Royale mode be free and then the regular call of duty multiplayer be like 30 bucks or something like that? I, I don't know. You I know, mean, it's, it's fine. Like market it as you want to market it. Uh-huh. And you know, as long as the, the players know that there's not going to be a single player and it's not like they're going to half-ass a single player and try and throw one in to pretend like there is one, they're going right. to just try and specialize and put out the best game they can. Right. That's fine. You know, it, 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 the market will determine whether it does well or not, and mm-hmm. you know it's it's going to be what it is. So. Right, that's right. a good point. I just add, like I, I mean I don't know if I've really hit on this in previous episodes, but the popularity of Fortnite right now is literally unprecedented because it's free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every single child who has any type of system is playing Fortnite right now. Right, and I I really hope that that or um. Black Ops 4 will be cheaper mm-hmm. because they're going to have to compete with that. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a free game that is fun and everyone is playing. They're really going to have to do something special because I think Fortnite is only going to get better and like the peak will be at the end of 2018 mm-hmm. when um, Call of Duty comes out. So, right, right. So we'll see. I'm excited to see what happens, what, what they do. But, um, for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Moving on to some movie news now. Uh, Sherlock Holmes 3, Robert Downey Jr. series. Um, we, I think all three of us really liked the first two movies. Um, we're big fans of Sherlock Holmes in general, just kind of that crime-solving uh, kind of storyline with uh, some cool fight scenes. Um, we actually saw the first movie all together. I remember going with you guys to see the first one. Um, oh, yeah. So are you guys excited about the announcement of a third in the trilogy? Yeah, I'm very excited about this. I think these really captured Sherlock very well. You know, he has the the foresight and the combat skills and the deductions that he does, and it's just really cool. Yeah. Uh, I think Benedict Cumberpatch plays a slightly better uh, okay. Sherlock. Okay. Oh, but I, dude, good yeah. reference. But I still love Robert Downey Jr. in this role. I think he plays really well, and he does capture the. You know, he's just one of those guys that can play a role like this very, very well. And right. Um, I think it'll. I think it'll still be a really, really good movie. So. Well, compared to the books, though. Robert Down or I'm sorry, uh Benedict Cumberbatch I think is more true to the to the books. Because yeah. in the books, so so Robert Downey Jr.'s Jr.'s character is a badass and the fighting is so cool. And I just remember that first scene from the first movie, he like talks about the jaw and he shows him just like punching this dude in the jaw and then like hitting his arm and like doing all this stuff and just like he's so like meticulous about how he beats people up. Right. In the books, Sherlock Holmes does not fight. Sort of, um, what's this guy's name? His sidekick? Oh, Watson. Watson. Mm-hmm. Watson. Watson is a little bit tougher because he's got like this revolver that always brings around. But like they're they're not going around fighting dudes. They're not going around kicking ass. That's mm-hmm. more of the Robert, Robert Downey Jr. take. Mm-hmm. And I honestly like that more. But I agree with you, Alan, that I think Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock is more, is, is like true. I, I enjoy watching that. It's truer to the book. But Yeah, cool. But think- I'm very excited for this. Yeah, I um, I am excited too. I think it might be a little late for the third one. It's been a while since, like, they came out yeah, the first one, and then maybe a year or two later they came out the second one. And I know he's been busy with like the Avengers stuff and all the Marvel movies, but this one feels like this is maybe like 
a little too late. Like I don't think we really needed a third one. I can't okay. complain about it. I like the yeah. I like the Sherlock IP and stuff. It, it's not like it's like uh, we were waiting for it or anything. It's just kind of a little extra for people who enjoy the series. So sure, I agree. It's not. I don't think it's. I agree with you. I don't think it's going to be one of those movies that come <clears throat> that comes out and is like revolutionary. But I think it's going to be a pretty good movie. I think it's going to make a lot of money. I think it's going to be good. Um, I'm excited for that. Cool. They really miss an opportunity in Avengers: Infinity War with uh, Doctor Strange and Iron Man on screen to make a Sherlock Holmes reference. I know. I was hoping for it. Yeah. <laughs> that. Oh my! I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That would have been funny. Yeah. That would have yeah. been awesome. Ah, I'm I'm mad you brought that up because that would have been so great. Sorry. Now. Dang it. <laughs> There's a funny little uh, shout out to that in um, the Lego video game for The Hobbit. I think. Oh really? Really? Yeah. Where uh, there's like a thing you can unlock where all the characters have funny um, disguises mm-hmm. and uh, a smoke like smoke smoke. Oh smog. yeah, yeah. Smog. Uh, his disguise is a Sherlock disguise where he has a hat and a pipe. And it's because <laughs> Smog was vo- voiced by Benedict Cumberbatch. She played right, Sherlock. So, right. Yeah. And was- Gandalf played Sherlock Holmes too. Right? There wasn't he in a, or am I thinking of something else? I'm pretty sure he did like a old man Sherlock Holmes movie, didn't he? Really? Yeah, Mr. Oh, Holmes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ian McKellen was, was in it? a movie called Mr. Holmes. I'm pretty sure it was like when he was like really old. Oh, cool. Yeah, wow. I never Did saw he it. Pass? No, he he's still alive. alive. He's still alive. Dumbledore passed away? Yeah. Uh, the original Dumbledore. The, yeah, the first one. Richard yeah. Harris. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Sorry, I'm getting confused. No, that's okay. Okay. Anyway. All right, cool. Um, all right, next, guys. Uh, we This movie came up uh, a couple episodes ago with the musical episode uh, Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny a sequel has been announced for that speak of the devil and they shall appear guys we're getting more Jack Black Kyle oh uh, Kyle Gass is that his name Kyle Gass I um, think it was like Goss but yeah 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 yeah, yeah. back again this was, this was all us we called it we like we we, we brought it up and then yeah. all of a sudden there's just a sequel yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> back. Okay, it for sure <laughs> Um, I don't know if there's any bit, been any details announced about the movie, but um, it is in development and on its way. So I think we're all pretty excited about that. We'll see what happens. Hopefully they have yeah. a kick-ass soundtrack just like the last time because like songs like Kickapoo and all those other songs from The Pick of Destiny are just amazing. Master Exploder, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> I love Tenacious Z. Yeah. I think this is fine. I think it's great. I really support it. So. Yeah. All right, let's get into some music picks here. What you got mm-hmm. this week, guys? Yeah, so now with the music picks for the country fans, I have a Small Town Boy by Dustin Lynch. Uh, just a really good country song. I've heard it a million times on the radio. Nice. Sure, the country fans have too, but if you haven't yet, definitely check it out. It's a good nice. listen. Cool. And uh, for the uh, rap scene, uh, Cardi B dropped her album uh, not too long ago. And one of her songs just really stuck out to me. It's called I Like It. Uh, and it has a play on that. Um, I forget what the original song was, but. Uh, it's like I like it like that. Uh, oh, it's kind of yeah, yeah. Chorus of it. Okay. And uh, she takes that and kind of samples it and does her own little rap for so for it. It's it's got a nice beat to it, nice jam to it. So definitely nice. worth a listen. Nice. Um, I had uh, same soul featuring James Young. It is a uh, Paris remix. Uh, it's actually the Marion Hill remix. They were able to take uh, a great song by Paris off their latest album called Same Soul and add a pretty cool trap beat behind it. Uh, and it makes it kind of like a really chill jam. I mean, it's a chill jam to begin with, but it kind of really makes it that, you know, kind of head bobbing, um, kind of gets that hip hop and, uh, and trap uh, sound to it, which I think is really, really cool. I'm going to check that out. That sounds yeah. cool. I like that. 
Um, so my song, uh, our last pick uh, for this week is by Haim, which I don't know if you guys have heard, but a friend who introduced me to Haim says that they're like the Hanson of this current generation. Okay. Huh. How so? Check them out. They're cool because there are three, I think it's three sisters and they all play all the different instruments. Okay. And so they're kind of like, um, you know, they're kind of poppy. They, um, their songs are good though. They're very cool. But the one I specifically picked is by um, Blood Pop, who is now popular. He um, like did a song with Justin Bieber, and mm. he has an awesome song. Maybe next week I'll do his original song when he was like still low key. But okay. um, so they have a song called "Little of Your Love," and the Blood Pop remix is like total poppy, like very radio perfect. But it's really cool. The band is really neat. They're like I, I really like supporting them. They're just they're super cool. So I would I'd recommend. Everyone checking out Heim, but this Blood Pop remix is really great. Awesome. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, feel free to contact, contact us at the Torrent Pod on Twitter and Facebook and the Torrent Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us wherever your favorite podcasts are found uh, Stitcher, Podbean, iTunes, Google Music, and the like. So give us a let us know how you feel about us and uh, give us some music picks. We'd be happy to hear from you. All right, guys, let's get into the main topic for today. Uh, this is another series uh, or another episode in our series of Game ch- game Changer episodes. Today we're talking about first-person shooters. I think this is one we've been wanting to do for quite a while. Um, it's been kind of on the back burner, but we're finally getting a chance to do it. Um, so we're going to talk about uh, first-person shooter games that have made a significant impact on video game genre um, as a whole, change the way games are played, change the way games are thought of, set standards, um, all that stuff. So um, without further ado, Matt, I'm going to let you start what you got for right. us today. I appreciate you putting me first because I think this one's appropriately first. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the first person shooter game changer that I picked was Doom okay. because it came out in 1993. Mm-hmm. Uh, found out for doing the research for this episode that it actually wasn't the first first person shooter ever made. But the same company that started this, that made Doom, is ID Software. They made a game, um, and I think it was in 1991, called Catacomb 3D. And that was the Mm. first game ever to go from platform, Mario-type thing, or Pong or whatever, to the to change to shift the perspective into first person. So Mm. look it up. It's it's actually really interesting. It looks kind of kind of neat. It's called Catacomb 3D. But um, Doom came out in 1993. Um, since then, it's had tons of spinoffs, um, and it has a, had a movie that that was made after it. I actually didn't see that, so I can't Garbage. weigh in on that. But yep. okay, well, that's, <laughs> but still, um, and so Doom obviously follows the the um, the story of this one like unnamed marine. They call like I don't know. I think he has like some colloquial like nonsense names or whatever, but they just, <laughs> just call him the marine. Okay, and. Um, so it's the first game ever to have 3D graphics where they use sprites that no matter what you're looking at that or where like what direction you're looking at them they're the same. So if you were to like sidestep around a sprite it would always look the same. But okay. they have like depth to them and they have like a 3D kind of format. It was the first game to do that to have like the three-dimensional space where you can see the depth and stuff like that. Um it was the first one to have networked multiplayer gameplay. 
And it was the first game I found out to have um, support for player-created modifications. So mm. all of the Doom episodes and Wolfenstein episodes and Doom mods and Hexen, which was a really cool like RPG take on Doom, sure, all use this WAD format of mod. So it's really interesting because those are all the things that Doom started with, despite being like a first-person shooter game with like different shotguns and stuff like that, which they have like the BFG, which is like a super popular pop culture type gun. Right. Um, but uh, Wolfenstein technically was also made by ID Software, was made before a year before that. And when they started creating Doom, they were still working on the prequel to Wolfenstein. Okay. So technically Wolfenstein came out first, but Doom was the real big first-person shooter that kind of set the stage for everything. And I just think, like, when I think about controversial first-person shooters that were, like, so popular, I think of, I just, I immediately think of Doom. Cool. I specifically, this is a funny story, specifically remember Doom. And growing up, I don't know what grade we were in, like, maybe, like, third or something, mm-hmm. telling my parents, being like, there's this game called Doom, I really want to play it, can you guys, can we install it on my computer? <laughs> my parents saw Doom, they were like, Hell no! There's like shooting. There's blood everywhere. You're right. you're young. We're not playing this game. Was it so a mature like, okay, rated fine. game? Sorry, I didn't. Yeah, remember. yeah. And okay. actually, there was a lot of negative hype about how violent it was okay. because the Columbine shooters stated that Doom was their main inspiration. Wow. So there was a lot of negative press towards Doom, which also ultimately like supported the game and more people bought it. Is that where the whole about. the negative connotation in the media came really came from about video games was? The Columbine shooter? I, I'm not sure if it, that is the main one, but that okay. was definitely like a big brick in that wall because right. because ga- their games were new. They're starting to get addicting. You know, no one's addicted to Pong. But once games start to get addicting and there's deeper Beer things, pong. like it's like, yeah, right. <laughs> like, uh, like World of Warcraft and all that stuff. When games start to get more developed, they become more addicting. Mm-hmm. So that was when games started to become really addicting. People were not sure about it. Then all of a sudden there's this horrible, horrible school shooting and people are comparing it to video games and stuff. So, so there was a lot of negative publicity about this game. But I re- specifically remember my parents telling me they didn't want me to play it. So I specifically remember installing it anyway when they weren't looking, hiding it in a directory on the computer that they couldn't find. And then literally at like 3 a.m. when everyone is asleep, waking up, going downstairs and playing Doom with a sound really low so that no one would hear me. Man, I was like so dedicated to just play that game. Yeah. So. I still vividly remember like being awake when no one else was awake, playing it for like 45 minutes or so, and then going back to bed. Yeah. Man, what was I thinking? Oh, my God. It was so crazy. So, anyways, Jeez. Doom really hits home for me. It's 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 like the pioneer of first-person shooters, mm-hmm. I, I truly believe. So, what do you there's think our of, first... Uh, yeah, what do you think of the um, the current generation of Doom game? I know it, the, the model that came out a couple years ago. Um, yeah. I think it's been highly rated as a first person shooter but not that popular i think a lot of people like it but not a lot of people are playing it um we played the demo for a while matt and i kind of had a i had had fun with it i think they've since expanded on it as a normal game would but uh how did you feel about that game i honestly didn't like it okay i think i just think now that first person shooters are a real thing i'd have to say first person shooters are my favorite genre of game probably okay now that I've, they've kind of developed more, I'm more into slower tactical type stuff, like mm. SWAT, the way I play Call of Duty, honestly. Yeah. Um, but like that, the the new Doom they're making is more like arcade Quake style. It's fast, you're jumping, there's rocket launchers all over the place. Yeah. It's really arcadey. 
I didn't like it, and I know I play like we all know Vinny. I play with Vinny a lot on PlayStation a lot. The first game he got for PlayStation Four was Doom, and he says he freaking hates that game, and he wishes he could return it, and <laughs> he hates Doom. And I kind of agree. I just I really didn't like it after we played that beta, but okay. Um, the but the way they're the direction they're going in, I think it's cool. I would love for them to keep Doom relevant in 2018 or like you know current and years, beyond. So. Yeah. Right. Yep. Cool. So, yeah. Nice. Nice man. Um, <clears throat> all right, so I'm going to go with my pick. In the late 90s, early 2000s, um, we had N64 was coming to an end. Um, we started to get consoles like the Sega Dreamcast, which I think was a little ahead of its time. Um, and then Microsoft finally got into the gaming market with uh, the Xbox original. Um, in 2001, a game dropped for exclusively for the Xbox, which... I think brought hardcore first-person shooter games from PC uh, to consoles, and that was Halo Combat Evolved. Um, they boasted a new control system for first-person shooters, which ended up being, I think, a standard for first-person shooters on consoles and controllers. Um, and that oh. was the uh, the look with the the right stick and then the strafe with the left stick. I think before it was you did every you just moved around with one stick. Like I specifically remember playing uh, GoldenEye on N64, and you literally just move around with one stick, and uh, you just kind of hit like the C buttons to like look around, um, in de- like dependent of where you were. So now you could do both at the same time, which gave you more fluidity and movement. Um, it was the first game that had showed uh, recharging health as like a standard. Um, it had vehicle combat. It introduced collectibles, which at the time a lot of Shooter games and other games had a lot of cheats, uh, unlockable cheats to discover. This was one of the first games that actually had collectibles um, in lieu of cheats. Um, they also had a expansive story, which everyone loves the lore and the characters and everything behind the single-player campaign, as well as introduced competitive multiplayer for consoles via Xbox Live. And uh, without Halo, I don't think we would have a lot of the first-person shooter games we have today. It gave leeway to your Call of Duties, your Medal of Honors, your, uh, you know, everything that you would normally play on a console today is because of Halo Combat Evolved. Um, I think everyone and their mother has played Halo in some form. We had it on our high school computers somehow <laughs> and, uh, in school. Yeah, that's right. We played uh, during lunch, so mounted up. We played, yeah, we played, yep, yep. So uh, everyone has had great experiences with Halo. I remember having giant parties at uh, our friend Eric and Brian's house. Uh, you know, before and after robotics or whatever, and uh, oh, we man, really yeah. got into some ha- some Halo some Halo Wars there. So, um, <laughs> yeah, Halo Combat Evolved, uh, game changer. No. Um, so, so what you're saying about the control scheme? Sorry, yeah. what you're saying about the control scheme is very interesting because I didn't think about that, but I think you're right, and especially for Doom, which you know came out almost ten years before. Right, Doom definitely. You know, there was no strafing. Well, there was strafing, but you mostly just looked left and right, and your body would turn. But yeah, um, that's very cool. I like that. Now, I will say this: I think um, on PC shooter games, you were able to do that because you can look with the yeah. mouse and move with WSAD. But Halo was the first game on consoles to figure out a way to port that to a controller and make it fluid and intuitive. 
Now, what do you think of Halo as far as uh, where it has kind of developed to today and, uh, you know, the sequels that kind of came after that first Halo and even yeah. like the movie movies that were teased and some of the other stuff right. that came up? So. Um, I don't think Halo is as popular. I think um, it's kind of been supplanted by your Call of Duties, especially with the release of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 or Modern Warfare, which could be a game changer all on its own. Um, but uh, we wouldn't have that game without Halo, I think, um, first first off. Um, but, uh, you know, they have Halo 5, the original developers, uh, I think Bungie, um, they kind of left, uh, Microsoft, they departed from Microsoft to kind of make their destiny franchise. So they're not part of Halo right now. Um, and they, they have this other company that's in charge of the Halo franchise currently. And, um, it's okay. I think it's fun. I just think it's kind of, I mean, they're up to like Halo five or six now. Um, they've They've came out with Halo Wars, which was their RTS version of uh, of Halo. You know, it's it's still. I think th- there's still a um, a fan base for it. I just don't think it has the legs it it had. I don't think it's the king of uh, of competitive shooters now. That's fair. Yeah. Mm. Cool. That's cool. I agree that it's not like super. It doesn't rain like high up with everybody else now. Right. But I think. I think Halo could if it wanted to. Yeah, and I think it had everything going for it. I mean, like I said, the the, the lore, the guns um, that that it had on there were are very iconic. The theme song. Yeah. I mean, you hear that th- that theme song at the opening loading screen. Everyone's like, "Oh, playing Halo." You know what that is? And uh, yeah, so I, you know, Halo is a great game. It's a fun game. They've expanded. I think Halo Two is probably arguably uh, Halo Three. I think is when when it really hit hit its peak. Um, and that's since gone down there, but, uh, yeah, man, Halo combat evolved. It's a absolute game changer. All right, Alan, what's your pick here? Yeah. So the last pick in our little series here, uh, I went with counter-strike. Ooh. Yeah. This is a very, very well-known first person shooter. It's been around for quite a while. It originally started as a mod to the half-life, uh, gaming franchise Mm -hmm. and, uh, half-life one and, Valve picked it up almost instantaneously when that mod came out and made it into a full game. Uh, and it just was very, very interesting game for its time. Uh, it had a really cool kind of uh, theme where one side was counter-terrorist and one side was terrorists, and the terrorists were trying to plant a bomb, the counter-terrorists were trying to defuse the bomb, and it kind of created a little bit of a uh, objective for the game to actually to to meet so that players could kind of do that, uh, you know, have some reason to actually play the game and uh, proceed through the level. Uh, there was never any single player, but it was uh, one of the most well-known multiplayer games of its time. And uh, it was uh, picked up by Valve and kind of expanded upon. They came out with Condition Zero in 20, 2004, which was pretty big. Or it actually was not very big. It flopped pretty hard. Uh, and then uh, eight months later, they were like, okay, Condition Zero sucks. So they came out with their Source Engine, uh, a whole new engine that they used to produce games and... Uh, they released uh, Counter-Strike Source, which was just huge, um, probably even bigger than the original uh, Counter-Strike. Mm. And uh, the Source engine was just really cool, very um, out of its time, where they had all sorts of technology for you know different physics that they put into the game. If you look at Half-Life 2, there's all these really cool physics uh, puzzles that they put into it, and all that was still included in that Source engine, so it carried over into Counter-Strike. And you had things like you know facial, rec- facial recognition software and... Um, uh, lip syncing so they could actually make you know face movements and stuff in the in the source engine so that really just kind of made a really cool uh well rendered well shaded game for 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 counter strike to turn into 
And so uh, when when Source Counter was released, and even when the original original Counter Strike, which I'll refer to as 1.6, because that was the last update to the original Counter Strike, mm. uh, when that uh, first released, it was immediately a huge surge into the competitive scene of gaming, and it was one of the very first games to be in the competitive scene uh, as far as gaming goes, and it really was a huge huge uh, element of what created a lot of the professional gaming scene that we see today. And so, you know, way back in 2000 was when Counter-Strike was first played actively in the competitive scene. Uh, there was a, a league called the uh, CPL, or Cyber, Cyber Athlete Professional League, which in 2000 uh, was running Counter-Strike as a competitive game, and people were learning to play this game at a high level, mm. and people were watching these other people play and getting into it. And uh, Counter-Strike itself... Uh, 1.6 was active in the competitive scene for 16 years. So from 2000 to 2016, it was a competitive game. And I think that's just cool. It really says a lot about a game to say that, you know, people can enjoy playing it and can enjoy playing it at a high level for 16 years. I mean, the, that level of longevity in a game is just almost unheard of if you think about any other games. And so it, it really is a testament of how big Counter-Strike was in that scene. So it really uh, was a monumental in bringing about uh, competitive gaming and uh, did a lot for, for that whole scene. Nice. And uh, I think the what was really cool about Counter-Strike was it brought in a lot of uh, economy into a type of multiplayer game where as you played from round to round, you were getting more money if you did well or losing money if you, if you didn't do so well or not getting as much. And so you could buy and afford different weapons that gave you a little bit more of an advantage. Mm. So it kind of lets you snowball a little bit uh, if you performed well, but then there was also rounds where, you know, the other team had just as much money and could also fight against you and they could make a comeback. So it, uh, it put a lot into a lot of strategies thinking of, you know, do I want to buy this specific gun now or do I want to save it for when the rest of my team can buy it? And uh, really brought in a cool sense of economy into uh, gaming, which was neat. Awesome. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then uh, you saw a lot of things like coordination among teammates, uh, when you're playing competitively where you have to have an, a strategy that you played uh, so that you could outsmart the opponent and um, perform better than the opponent. And you had things like, uh, you know, strat calling, which is where you'd have specific routes that each person would take and certain weapons that you'd buy. And uh, it would, would affect the gameplay a lot as well. So Nice. Yeah. Um, there's also a huge community like via Steam where uh, you get collectibles in the game and then you can buy and sell them. So there's even its own economy outside of the game too via um like keys and, and and there's like a whole loot system and and uh item skins right with yeah uh, yeah 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 and that that i think that's uh been primarily in uh csgo or cs global offense which came out in 2012 and that's yeah. kind of like the newest counter-strike that when you think of counter-strike and counter-strike in today's standards that's the game that you know professionals are playing and people are playing so yeah, yeah. So you said uh, Counter-Strike Go came out in 2012. Um, they're, I mean, obviously they're continuing support for that game, but do you think um, uh, Valve and, and Counter-Strike are ever going to come out with like a, an updated version, something to, to bring them into the, the current gaming standards, maybe something with, uh, you know, uh, higher resolution gaming, maybe, um, uh, you know, I don't know, expand on the, on this, uh, the IP in general? I think it's possible. They're they're a company that likes to stick to their IP and kind of expand upon it. But mm -hmm. in the past few years, they really haven't been so much of a gaming company as they've been a platform company. Sure. Where they've been focusing on uh, Steam, and I think they also have a 
a gaming console that they're developing and you know yeah. the new Steam controller that they came out with recently and they're yep. they're sort of shifting in that direction where that's their focus. Okay. And it kind of makes sense because that's how they make the most money. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they've done a lot less in game development and they've kind of left other people to do that and they handle more of the distribution. So sure. But it's possible. Yeah. Cool. Nice guys. Any any last thoughts out of any all three of these games that we just mentioned? Can I just say that I loved going into the basement of like James uh or like like you said, uh, yeah. Brian and Eric, and yeah, just yeah. playing, playing the uh, we was like a system link or something where we'd bring yes. like two Xboxes and then yes. play like a big, huge like <laughs> yes. sixteen player match or whatever um, it was. I remember they had we had like two TVs and they would be like facing the TVs would be facing each other at both ends of the room. So you'd had like uh, like four people on one couch playing like four player split screen, four yep. people on the other couch playing four person uh, split screen on the tv and we would just like have a land connection and just like yeah play 4v4 halo the whole time and people would like yeah yeah before the days of like where you had really good internet play that's how you play games with your friends and that was just such a bizarre little pocket of gaming culture that people got to experience so yeah um speaking of uh uh, high school guys our 10-year high school reunion is coming up um as of right now i think like we have a we had a graduating class of 400 people they had to reschedule venues to get uh uh, more to accommodate more people and as of i think last week 33 people signed up (laughs) dude nick you should go and plug the podcast just like go and be like yo this is your podcast and then just get the fuck out of there because that's your only motive (laughs) Just to go and be like, hey, for a podcast, and give out like buttons and stickers. So obviously, leave. you guys are not going because you were out of state. So, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of other people that who I'd prefer to hang out with or see again or talk to are not are also not going. So literally, the only reason why I'd be going would be to plug our podcast in a room full of people I don't want to talk to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't blame me if you don't go. <laughs> yeah, for so long I was like, are you guys kidding me? I'm totally 100 percent going to go. And now that I think about it, I'm just kind of like. Why am I going to drive up for the sole purpose of going right. to this room? Right. Where if I really wanted to talk to everybody, I would just talk to them right now because we're all friends on Facebook anyway. Yeah. I think reunions are going to soon be a thing of the past because it's just like, why bother? We talk to everybody anyway. Like, yes. My dad went to like his 50 reun- year reunion or whatever like that. And right. He thought it was great. But like, of course he did because he hasn't seen those people in literally 50 years and they don't have Facebook. So, yeah. And that's where I was kind of going with the whole conversation was do you think, uh, High school reunions are a dying, dying uh, activity now that with social media, because everyone knows what everyone else is doing now anyway. So it's like, why? Who, what am I going to catch up with? We're going to ask each other how we're doing. We already know what's going on because everyone posts everything on social media anyway. So why are we even? Why are we even doing this? Yeah, and it's like it's so easy to keep in touch with the people you want to keep in touch with. Like, look right. at us right now. We're we're hanging out over the internet. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 like it's, it's like we have to go to a reunion to see each other we're, right. we're right i'm right. looking right at you so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. cool well anyway yeah. um all right guys nice episode um thanks again to circling the wagons podcast for having me on uh this week um be sure to check what are we their... talking about next week yeah i'm getting there hold on oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> i'm excited okay Jeez. Eager Beaver. Eager Beaver, man. Thank you to to Circling the Wagons podcast for having me on Um, once again. You can find them at CTWpod on Twitter. And next week we're talking about, uh, we're going to have our Deadpool 2 spoiler review. And we're also going to be talking about the best and worst spoof 
parody meta movies to go right along with that Deadpool 2 flavor. <laughs> um, we'll have that, all that more next time on The Torrent. Guys, thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. Well, that's it for this episode of The Torrent. Thank you all for listening. Download, rate, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast service. If you want to get in contact with us, feel free to send us an email, thetorrentpodcast at gmail.com. You can also get in touch with us on Facebook and Twitter at The Torrent Pod. We'll see you guys next time.